So I would use the painting of a library as a starting point for a relationship with a migrant school outside of Shanghai. Then I'm like, you know what? We can paint your whole school. We can plant trees. We can teach English. We can teach your teachers. Because what we're trying to do is just show them we can do anything that you currently consider to be insanely difficult or you don't understand. We'll start with something always that we know we can ace. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Brubaker, Shanghai-based mission-driven entrepreneur here with Tom Stater, founder of the Library Project. And we are here on the Mission Driven Masterclass podcast, 10 to 12-week series where Tom and I have come together after 15, almost 20 years of knowing each other, after multiple conversations, several podcasts, we realized what we need to do is kind of compress all this into a very tight 30 to 45-minute session each time where we can kind of talk through some of the lessons we've learned, but in a very structured way with the hope that we can help kind of inspire, equip, and engage the next generation of socially minded entrepreneurs or mission-driven entrepreneurs. For us, it's all about you. And so we hope that you're getting a lot out of this. We hope that you'll ask questions. We hope if you're watching this on YouTube later or on a podcast on Apple, that you'll follow up, ask us some questions. We have all of our contact information below. And with that, we're gonna get started today. This is actually episode two. Uh, episode one was how we actually got started. Uh, we did not stay on topic. It did get a bit ranty, but our stories really came out. And, you know, we came to Asia, not necessarily with the idea of starting nonprofits, but definitely we found our mission very quickly. We started those first couple organizations and we've learned a lot through this process. So episode two it is about the first project, the pilot, the initial idea. How did we get started? What do we learn? And where do we take it from there? Tom, how did you get started with the library project? What was the first project that you did? Yeah, uh, the, the first project was pre-library project. It was me and some friends. Um, we wanted to do something good in the community. Uh, we had some drinks, had some dinner, came up with an idea to do a book collection yep. uh, for one orphanage. We thought that we were going to raise like 500 books. We ended up raising 3000, created a problem. We had to raise some money. I did that. Uh, it was up to them, the other uh, friends of mine to go purchase everything. And then uh, made of some really loose relationships with local government uh, to implement the program and then implemented it. I mean, it was beautiful. Hands-on. I had a lot of experience with hands-on because I'd volunteer with them in, in the States. So I kind of had, I knew the model, uh, but all right, the first, first project was basically, can I find someone to agree to work with me and about eight of my friends on a fun project? And I was like, it's going to be a Christmas time. Let's do something fun. Let's actually get, let's do Christmas cookies. Let's just have a, an event with a ton of volunteers, a ton of kids, make some Christmas cookies, we all get sick on ice cream and icing, have a lot of fun. And that was the first project. And yeah, we convinced the Hilton to put it on. We had Rolf, the pastry chef, who was eight times the size of a normal human being, obviously loved his craft. And it was just an amazing afternoon of fun. That was it. That was a project. What was the lead up to that project for you? Like, How long did it take you from the first conversation, first thought in your head, to the actual event taking place? I would say it was about two to three months. We weren't, we weren't selling anything that was 
right. uh, just out, out there. It was, we wanted to donate some books to some kids. But did it you have a grand simple. vision? Like, was this the grand vision already was one project of something much larger? Or was it like, hey, let's just do something. Let's just do something once. Let's just have fun because we can. So at that time, I was bouncing between Vietnam and China quite a bit. I lived with the country director of Room to Read um, in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So when my friends posed the question of what should we do, I said, let's donate some books to a school or to an orphanage. Mm. Um, Probably because I'd read John Wood's book. Yeah. And I'd lived with the country director of Room to Read and it seemed dead simple. So Mm. um, and it was something that I knew that fit within the box that a language school filled with thousands and thousands of children that we could do as like a service project for them. Um, And so it, it, it was like a no brainer. And right. when we went to the orphanage, we were like, hey, do you want some free books? They said, how much? I said, well, about 200, 300, 400. They said, okay, that's that's about what 30 children would, would need. Right. And then, but, 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 but to answer your question, no, I wasn't like, this is, I'm going to build another room to read. I was like, mm. no, I want to, I work in the marketing department. We want to do something good in the community. This fits what a CSR program would look like. Right. Know? Oh, so it's kind of yeah. a CSR program of your firm. It wasn't oh, of the of the school that I worked with. Yeah, yeah. And then okay. I just stole the CSR program and rolled it off into the library project. And then the the school then gave me a free desk years later. So yeah, I mean, it was just very organic. But if the project was actually supposed to be the CSR project of this firm, was then the next step? Were you already thinking the next step was going to be well? Next year we'll do more or no no because everyone had a turnover of one year at the at the at the the school everyone had a one-year contract so everyone was leaving i think that's really interesting because a lot of times i mean i I know that you and i've talked about this like one of the key things of getting started is like just don't overcomplicate it don't get your head around this idea like that you're just going to take on this huge save the world kind of thing or you're going to have the solution like you're, you were already, you just went into it like, hey, we're going to do it once. It's CSR for a company. It's not even our thing. And that's it. But we never thought of it as a CSR program. We right. were just like, but it was a CSR program. But we never, it wasn't limited to only CSR. It was like, we're just wanted to, we just wanted to get some kids some books. Yeah. It was sure. really simple. But well, I mean, what about for you? Like, like, a, a, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit different yeah. of a question, but like, were, were you worried about measuring the results that you were creating at any point? Okay. So for the first project, no, yeah, not first project, no, only the no. first project. I, I was thinking, let's have fun. And by let's us have fun. It was really, I mean, equal parts, the volunteers, and the kids themselves. Now, the design of it was around Christmas cookies for kids. So you can't really screw that up unless everyone gets food poisoning, right? Like it was, it was kind of set up to just have a, a bit of fun. Now, the original genesis of this project was very different than yours. 
I remember sitting at the long bar at the Portman with my friend saying, going to start this organization, volunteer, right? And this was the first project. And I honestly, I don't remember how many months were involved. I'm going to go with somewhere between two and five because I, I don't really have a clear saying of like how long it took that one, for that one. No, you know, it's probably like closer to two or three because it was Christmas and we just got back in September. So it didn't take very long. Um, and, but right away it was kind of like everyone that I had kind of corralled into this idea of hands-on as a platform, they were participating for the first time in this. And this was our first partnership. And so we really viewed this as like, Hey, let's kick off this big new partnership with this one event. And so the event, the outcome, the measurement, if you wanted to think about it that way was, did our partner enjoy it? And do they want to keep, do they believe that we can bring value over a, a longer term or are they just going to go away and we have to start afresh? Because my initial approach to this was, I mean, fortunately, because I had a model just like you did, you had room to read, even though you weren't using that blueprint, you had that as a blueprint when you needed to go back to it. For hands-on, I had the same thing. I had that, you know, you want the stability of partnerships, even if you have variance in events. And the short-termism of how we set up our volunteer structure means that every single event is actually, even though it's a platform, every single event lives and dies on its own, but your relationship also will live and die based on a single event, even if you've had a thousand together. And so I knew we had to get every one of them right. If we didn't, so, our partners would leave us. So you were thinking already, I'm going to do this again next year with maybe next your, week. your partner next week. All right. So yeah. you were already thinking that far ahead. Part, part one. Yeah. Part two, how, what's the percentage of nonprofits that you think get started in a conversation at a bar? <laughs> That's a great <laughs> that's an awesome question because i think it's too many high high 80 percent. i would too, say too many um <laughs> so to answer your first question i was definitely thinking the potential long-term relationship what that would look like how it should be structured the value that we would bring as a group of volunteers to this beneficiary i was definitely already thinking about that and i had convinced them to go once, actually, I convinced them to go twice, two weekends in a row, two different venues, two different groups of students, have a bunch of fun because then they brought their government partner because they were part of the Shanghai Charity Foundation's, like mm -hmm. one of their original partnerships. So the Shanghai Charity Foundation brought their lead to this and was just mm -hmm. socks were blown off. Um, the second question. So I would say it's not high 80s. And I also think that's a generational question. I think that depends upon, are you talking to some of the young whippersnappers coming out of university that we're talking to right now, or the more seasoned um, professionals, be it profit, nonprofit, bankers, whatever, who are like, I want to start my own organization. That group is probably a little bit higher, but the early group is much more like, I think of like philanthropy in motion. I think of Asia. I think of a lot of these other groups. They started out of boardrooms, accelerators, class projects, um, LinkedIn conversations, more so than 
hey, I'm eight beers in. This sounds like a great idea. I think that I know, and I, I I agree with you. I think that high 80s is probably uh wrong. Uh, but what I would say is this the people that I talk to with the other organization that I work with, they uh, which is giving coaching and mentoring to founders of early stage nonprofits. Right. In many ways, I think that the majority of those people get caught up in measuring the results of a program that they have not implemented yet. Right. They are just so worried about not producing quality impact, whatever that word means, impact, um, that I wonder if throwing a couple of beers back to just calm you down and just be like, listen, the first one, it's not going to be that great. It's, it's, but if we're going to do a hundred of them, a thousand of them, whatever metric beyond one, you have to trust that your second, your third, your fifth, your 100th, your 1,000th is going to be better. It's going to incrementally improve. I couch the first one almost always as you have a basic idea. Go see how much of it you can prove in a single program. Now, I was very event-based. You were probably, it took yeah. a couple of days, took a little bit more logistics. It, you know, it was a very different structure, but if you can do it once and then the value of that first one and say the first 10, if you replicate it 10 times, the exact same idea with the exact same group and the exact same plan, what is the, what variance are you seeing in process, right? It's so- interesting you say that. I, I like that. I'm going to interrupt you for a minute yeah. because what you said was, replicate within like the same group my first 10 were we did two or we did an orphanage and a children's shelter in china then i did and this is when i wanted to get it right i was experimenting then i did an urban elementary school i then did a two rural uh orphanages one woman shelter in like deep Mekong Delta and an illegal HIV AIDS clinic in the outskirts of Ho Chi Minh city and um, another orphanage. And then I moved it to China and we started working with schools. But the, but what I learned there was I did not want to work with HIV AIDS clinics and I did not want to work with uh, women shelters. Why? It's just, why? What was it that you didn't like about those, those kind of events or those pro- that process that you saw? One, I don't think women shell. I don't think women in women's shelters needed what we were offering. Okay. To be honest, it was just as simple as that. It was that that I think that they need. They don't need books. They need. Uh, and by the way, we donated the most ridiculous books to these these poor ladies. It was all like children's books, and they're all yeah. like older ladies. But we just market didn't fit. know what we were doing. And like product market I mean, fit, man. Yep. Yeah, and, and but again, like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was a two hundred U.S. dollar mistake. Now yeah. the HIV/AIDS clinic 
I, it was just too emotional for me. I learned that I just can't work. I just, I can go into a very underfunded elementary school mm-hmm. and I am not emotionally brought to tears. All right. I can, right. I can manage that. I'm like, all right, I can, I can fix something here. I can, I yeah. can, man- I, I, I get it. Like it, yeah. I know I can make a difference going in to an HIV AIDS clinic. That's in a straw hut. Yeah. In the outskirts of uh, Ho Chi Minh city with like anti-retroviral drugs being like nailed to a pole yeah. for these, for these people. I, I, I drank a half a bottle of whiskey within two hours of being yeah. there. And I said, I would never do it again. So, um, so but those books were yeah. better because we asked them, we were like, what do you want to read? And this one guy right. was like, I want to read, uh, you know, motorcycle maintenance. So we got him a book on motorcycle maintenance and he loved it. So, so, but, so you're basically, but we learned yeah. from the, the, the woman shelter. Let me, let me balance that a little bit because hands-on we have 75 partnerships, 250 events a month. I mean, pre COVID, right? So let's go back a year. And the process that we had was actually not very different long-term than when we started, which was let's structure an idea for a partnership. Let's come up with the value proposition for how volunteers can help with a certain group of individuals or an issue on its own, um, you know, like the ocean or something like that. Let's run the first event. Let's run the next five. Let's figure out the process that needs to be, that, that will work. But then let's also learn from the failures. So I was kind of thinking like you set up all these very different type of organizations that you're working with, but with the same basic idea, which was donate books. Well, if I was doing the same thing, but with volunteers, I would actually not be, I'd be looking at almost the exact same things I'd say as you. Can I have an impact? I would also be looking at, like, what's the difference in how I'm structuring and talking to the to the leaders or to the founders of the organization. So I would actually go a little bit deeper and go, you know what, I'm going to talk to a government agency, an intergovernment agency, a local NGO, an international NGO, and figure like, how are they all different? Who can I add most to? Who's easiest to work with? Who appreciates the effort? Like, and start to then figure out like, wh- where do I want to build my process so that I can replicate it with the least amount of friction, the least amount of, you know, loss, at the end of the day and and efficiency and funding and you know all that issue and then the scale as well like which one will tell also on some level i'd also argue the first ones are also about telling your story learning to tell your story to the next round of donors volunteers partners you know that, that next stage because if you're working with hiv clinics that are off book in tents or huts or whatever on the outskirts your potential scalability as an organization is going to be limited versus if you're working with say public schools or working, working, we're working with children's hospitals and early care centers. There's three hospitals, but there's 275 early care centers. So, you know, depending on how we want to go. Well, I mean, that really depends on what the program is. So if your program is to only work with that one HIV AIDS clinic, as an example, well then, just well, then you're done. there it is. Like just as you said last week, which I loved, which was do something small. So whatever it is for your first one, yeah. So do something small. The so, way that we would work with schools would be a little, would also it's kind of 
we would continue on an ongoing basis with these schools in a really deep way. So I would use the painting of a library as a starting point for a relationship with a migrant school outside of Shanghai. Then I'm like, you know what? We can paint your whole school. We can plant trees. We can teach English. We can run your basketball camp. We can teach your teachers. We can do offsite. We can do photography club. We can do science club. Because what we're trying to do is just show them like, look, we can do anything that you currently consider to be insanely difficult or you don't understand. We'll do it once and then we'll over time, we'll expand it. But we'll start with something always that we know we can ace, like painting a library wall, the color, like to look like an aquarium or ABC one, two, three, or let's do the map of China, you know, whatever it may be, like make it visually appealing for our partner see all the kids faces light up and go, we'll see you next week for our next idea. Uh, What I'd like to ask is um, how important is creating um, marketing, advertising, collateral material, photos, video, everything with your first program service. If you are intending to do more in the future? If the partner feels it's important, it's important. I don't. I personally want to understand, did the idea for the partnership for this event work? Does it lend itself for longer term? And that's why like the last conversation, it was a little bit off, but at the same time, the intention is always there to Mm. keep building, keep building, keep building. Mm -hmm. If we're going to run the first one together. But see, I... I kind of, I'm going to disagree a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you that like your first one, I, I do believe that you need, um, you definitely have to make sure that there's, you know, that, that the partner, all the partners are okay with, with what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say that one of the main reasons why the library project existed post the first two libraries. Yeah was because we took a lot of photos mm-hmm. and we created a beautiful website. And at that point we said, this is what the library project does. We donate libraries. And granted, we yeah. only did two, but we were raising $100, $50 off of friends and family. And mm-hmm. then that grew into people that we didn't know. 10 libraries in, someone said, all right, I want to donate $10,000 because we looked like we were an established organization. Yeah. So I, I'll totally agree to that. I'll just say in our first ones, it didn't matter. Now, what was interesting mm. was we were knocking on doors and getting rejected left, right, and center for the first six months to a year. And okay. one of our first project expansions, we started off with the the kids that I mentioned from Project Sunrise. We then worked with a group called Sarah Care. They work with cerebral palsy rehabilitation. And for whatever reason, like the third way that we were going. We had, we had three or four people working on this. One of them was elderly care. We really want to work with the elderly centers and they were mm. so risk averse, right? Mm. So I go in there, I'm like, let's just paint the elderly care center, all six floors. Mm. Let's, let's make potted plants. Like these long planters will bedazzle the hell out of them. Like it'll, it'll great. kill, it'll kill. Great. So, GE funded this thing. It was great. Um, we paint this. You got GE to fund something uh, that that early? All right. So we'll talk about that totally separately. But yes, 
I did. <laughs> um, but um, we're keeping this on topic, Tom. Um, in the initial idea, the initial event that we did for the first time in elderly care, we want to be in there for a long time. We painted this elderly care center. We had convinced this woman who ended up being our board chair once we got fully legal to, to accept us and like, just give it a shot. She's like, yeah, let's go. You know, like she'd been experienced. She's like, I want to see this happen. So we do it and we didn't take any pictures, but she invited a camera crew and the camera crew came in and we were on every bus in Shanghai for the next month. We were getting so many phone calls from other elderly care centers saying, can you paint? Because we turned it from a hospital in the kind of a living facility. It looked like it was light blue. It was light yellow. It was light pastel colors. And the residents were coming out, you know, just watching this happen. They're so happy. And it was at that point that the people we'd been talking to were like, oh, now we get it. So I would agree with you on the value of pictures. But I would, again, I'd say if it's important for the don't or for the beneficiary, it's important for us. But if it's not at this point right now, it's not because we're so established that we don't need to do that. But in the Definitely. early days, yeah, I would, I would take them without necessarily using them. But if we were asked to use them, definitely leverage them because it, it will help you get to the third, fourth, fifth program, event, platform, yeah. whatever you're trying to build on. Yeah, we don't, uh, in the early days, we, we documented everything. Just yeah. everything from just everything, us putting yeah. books into boxes to taking them out of the boxes. Um, now, 16 years later, we don't, you know, no. so that, 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 that importance has went away. But, but I would say that um, I, I think whatever tells your story, I think yeah. is really important. Um, and I don't think that you need a lot. Uh, you know, it, it really depends on the program also. So, yeah. you know, if you're working with like at-risk children or, uh, you know, then you're going to have to find it maybe a different way to communicate sure. other than photos. The um, other thing I'll say is you and I started our organizations well before social media was a thing. And so now the way I look at it is, you know, I, I started a photography club. We, uh, we did all the unboxing. We show like we took yeah. tons of photos. And we just shared them with the volunteers and a little bit with the school. Now we'd yep. be coming up with hashtags that are unique and trying to find like, yeah. we, it's a whole different strategy now. So, you know, if you're yeah. starting now and you're looking at your first thing, make it appropriate. And also keep in mind and ask your, your partners, like what is appropriate to you guys? Cause I don't know about you, but a lot of our beneficiaries, especially now say no faces in the picture. Um, I've got another question. So, Okay. I don't want to get off topic too much, but what I want to ask is the second program. So yeah. what should your next program or service be if you get through your first? How should that be? How, what should someone be thinking about on that? Not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth, not the hundredth, but yeah. the very next one. What does that look like? for a founder yeah. or a group and what how would you recommend they approach it that's a really good question and i the what the initial thought is think of it as kind of a b testing 
if you have two approaches to a single vision, test both and learn from each. Or it is, what did you learn from the first one? What's the iteration? Go with mm. that. Like solidify some basic process, mm. iterate on some failures with the idea that some of that will fall into your process framework. Like mm. look to solidify as much as possible. And drive some more excitement, drive some more impact. Like, are you more efficient with your money? Are you able to get a little bit further along the road? Are you able to deepen a relationship? Mm. Um, you know, learn from that. The other way I look at that is, can you do the same thing, but with an entirely different organization, kind of like what you were trying to do? Does your process translate over? If it doesn't, mm then you know you need to stay back with this type of organization. And again, I think, you know, anyone that is watching this now or in the future, you know, everything we're giving here is very general and non-specific for a reason, because every organization I think has to have a very different approach to this. But if I'm thinking about like this from hands-on is what I'm doing at a children's hospital with volunteers, the same as a migrant school with volunteers. Now there's going to be that entry point, the briefing, the welcoming, the, um, the talking about the program, the, the, the on-site management and principle should all be there, but the activities might be very different. The safeguards might be very different. The way the length may be very different, but you may want to push the lengths three different, like I want to do a three hour program, a one hour program, a, a non-traditional program. Like it just depends on who you're working with and what you're trying to do for the longer term. So without getting into the conversation of what does the long term mean, you definitely should be thinking, okay, in 10 visits from now or 10 repetitions from now, where do I want to be? What do I need to test along the way? What needs to be in place at that point? And mm -hmm. just learn, be very open to learning along that path because you're not going to get it right. You know, you're not going to get the books right. You're not going to get the volunteer color right. You're not going to get them the instructions over, you know, the maps right. You're going to miss something up and you're going you're gonna to miss something and you should learn from that. So by the third, fourth, fifth one, those errors that you keep seeing re repeat get fewer and fewer and fewer so that your process is in place by number 10, by number 15, whatever, whatever it needs to be. Yeah, right. yeah I would agree. I think that I 100% I, I agree. And the only thing that I would add is, you know, like with my story, it was really simple. Um, the, the first two libraries were all used books. Yeah. 100% used books. Um, we never donated a 100% used library beyond that ever. Right. So, um, yeah, you didn't need to be well, because I didn't like the level of quality of the mm -hmm. books we were providing. I mean, there was a lot of good quality gotcha. in there, but it was surrounded by a bunch of stuff that, that wasn't probably of the highest quality. I wanted a bit more control over content. Right, now right. I didn't understand what, what I wasn't an educator. I was an art major back in university. Right, right. Um, I like to read. That was about yeah. it. And I couldn't even read the language that I was donating. Yeah. So I had to get friends to pick books out for me. Right. Um, but, but what I did know is I wanted to, I wanted to provide a smaller list of books. So 200 books, maybe, mm -hmm. um, at a much higher level of quality. Right. Um, so that was, that was my iteration. I want to yeah. try and wrap this up with a question back to you, which is, if you go back and you're thinking about like, what are the three things that you need to 
learn, do through your first project, what would they be? How do you set it up the right way? What do you learn from it? What, what are your three things when you take away your, your first project? Um, I'm going to steal your, your phrase from last week. So I, I feel like a bit of a jerk right now, but I'm going to say, A, do something small. I, I love that. I've been, I've been reflecting on that all week. Um, don't go big, do something small, do something finite, right. um, something tangible, something that is achievable, um, something small. Um, I would not focus on measuring anything. I would just go in and just do it. Folk, yep. Think about measurement down the road, but just, just, just really focus on doing something. And the last thing is something that I reflect on uh, with my team, even to this day, which is focus on doing something once. Because if you cannot do something once, then you can, then you can do something a hundred times. But if you can't small. do something once, yep. then you will fail. So just, yep. just something once this and then it'll eventually grow into something more. There's a speaker that I used to listen to, and uh, he said, "You have to perfect the small." I'd rather you. Oh, perfect, I love it. I'd it's rather you perfect great. the small than try big, because if you can't get the small, you're never gonna get further. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, adjust a little bit. I'm gonna say for the first one. Okay, it's got to be small, sure, but it has to be aligned to your greater vision. Like you, your vision, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. You need to break that up into little chunky bits and test one of them. The second thing you need to do, obviously, I'd say it's got a repetitive, but you have to learn from it. And it's got to find a way to click into some of the other chunky bits. You don't need to measure it, but as you're thinking about how you're going to extend it, how you're going to grow from that first project, let's just say, let's assume that you repeat it five times. What's the next stage? It's got to, you not only have to do that one thing really well, it has to easily transition into something bigger or something where the two parts combine into one and that becomes the bigger piece. And therefore that's your second step. And I third thing, the third thing is listen, you don't have to measure, but you need to be on site present with your partner, viewing things, making sure that whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, whatever it is, your goal is for that one project that you've either you're either witnessing it happen or witnessing it missing so that you can then come back as an individual or as a team and make those iterations that get you back to stage, that get you to the next stage. Um, you can measure as you want later on, but what you need to do is listen and figure out how to iterate so you can get to the next level. So with that, we're going to end the formal part of this. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to it on Apple, um, you know, just get started. You know, I think the hardest thing to do at the end of the day, when you're thinking about how you're going to change the world is looking off the edge of the cliff and wondering, should I take that first step? Just do it. You're going to learn how to fly on the way down. Probably not going to be very pretty, but have a clear idea for what you want to accomplish, break it up a little bit, test it. And then we will talk to you next week about the next stage of this process. Yeah.